True Reviews Podcast. Welcome back. I'm your host, True Justice. <clears throat> this is episode 192, and we're just going to be doing a review of the last week. Uh, a little different than I usually do this show. I'm uh, going to discuss some movies, some new and old, from the 70s all the way to this last week. Uh, the weekly recap of the Daily Laws and uh, shows I'm watching and looking forward to. My wife's next uh, pick for us. She's got a movie selection she's looking forward to checking out and uh, some fights and a little bit more. So stay tuned. I'll avoid spoilers unless the movie's really old and you should have already seen it, but I'll still do my best to not spoil it for you, I promise. So where to begin? I first wanted to just kind of pat myself on the back real quick because I officially have one year um, smoke-free, no cigarettes. As of, uh, I think it was yesterday, and yeah, I, I wanted to take some time and talk about it because not when you smoke cigarettes, quitting is really fucking hard. Um, if you if you smoke, you know, if you if you don't smoke, you'll never truly understand. I just my my biggest uh, words of encouragement is just never start. It's um, it's a god awful habit smells terrible. I don't know why we do it, and I don't know why I still want to. I don't know why I still think about it. I don't know why I still struggle with, do I want to stay not smoking? Um, it's it's so weird. It gets a hold of you. I watched I watched uh, videos to try to help myself quit. I, I did the snacks. I did the toothpicks. I, did, I even had nicotine-soaked toothpicks. I have... I have tried so many different things and I never could figure out what would truly get me out of it. Um, and the one thing that finally worked for me was um, COVID. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I got COVID. It put me uh, it put me down for about two weeks. I, uh, I didn't smoke at all during that time because I could hardly crawl out of bed to get to the bathroom. It was it was a uh, it was brutal. And by the time I had gotten able to move up around, I realized that I had two weeks without smoking a cigarette. What better time to understand? This is this is the concept I had to really come to terms with is I know the nicotine has left my body. It's out of my system at this point. There is no need. That's the thing we tell ourselves all the time as smokers. I need a cigarette. I need a cigarette. I didn't need one anymore. I knew that. I had to come to terms with that. I wanted that nicotine fix. I did. And I know that there's other ways to get that that are healthier than smoking. And I had to realize that, okay, what I what I do crave is the habit of smoking. That's the hardest part of quitting smoking. It's trying to figure out what to do with your hands. Trying to figure out what to do when you wake up. What to do before you go to sleep. What to do after you eat a meal. What to do with your break at work. What to do when you answer the phone, what to do when you're stressed out, what to do when you need a moment to yourself. Those are the times that we struggle with the most of quitting smoking. It's not about the the need. It's about the how do I function? What do I do? Understanding yourself. And it's still weird to me. I still I'll sit in my chair at work way too long sometimes and just need to get up for no rant or just a random uh, moment of my ass is falling asleep because I'm sick because I never had that issue as a smoker. I, it would it would be um, very easy, especially in my job. You have a lot of free time to, uh, or freedom to uh, take your breaks when whenever needed. There was no set times when we would do them or things like that. So when I smoked, it was constant. I could do a lot of my work outside while smoking at the time. 
And now it's just like, holy shit, when do I stop? What do I do when I stop? Should I even stop? And it, it just, it's tough. And now that it's been a year, I just kind of wanted to update everybody and let them know, like, I'm still going strong. Uh, still feel like I'm going to stay not smoking. Although, like I said, it's tough. I just, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, especially, I, I was just really feeling like, I don't know, do I even, do I even want to be a non-smoker? I kind of miss smoking. I just miss the feeling. I miss the vibe of it. It's weird. It gives a vibe. Um, but I'm glad I didn't. And I think that's always the thing is I, I know I'm not missing out on anything I don't know about. There's not some hidden magical powers beyond the cigarette. I got people in my life that want to quit and or say they want to quit or try to quit. And it's um, a good reminder of how far I've come because I'm like, God, I remember how much that sucked in the beginning. It's just convincing yourself and making yourself understand you're going to be okay. You can do it. You don't need it. Why do you want it? What else can you do? So according to the app that I use, um, which is, uh, I don't know what it's called. Um, I could probably look it up real quick. It won't take much time. I uh, Smoke free. Oh, that was simple. It's called smoke free. The app that I use. Now, this is like my third time around using this app. And it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. I didn't use it as heavily this time. The first two times I used it was pretty, pretty intense. I would document my diary, my thoughts of it. I would uh, reach, I even reached out to the little help thing that they had, which was okay. Um, I think that's for, I don't know. It's good to have, I suppose, but documenting your cravings and linking what kind of emotional state or where you are in particular, who's around you during those cravings. That was a really cool process, and it shows you the amount of money you've saved, the amount of cigarettes you haven't smoked compared to they generate that based on how much you've, you used to smoke. You put all that info in. But it gives you the calculations of percentage of your health that should be getting back to normal through the time. That's pretty cool to see as well. And for me, it was just like, holy shit, you know, after the, the year mark, there's not a whole lot um, going that I need to um, – work on so like the the most recent thing that I hit at my year mark was a hundred percent reduced risk of heart disease and that was crazy and it even says right now six percent decreased risk of heart attack which of course that's not accounting for my obesity but still connected to smoking that's good and decreased risk of lung cancers down ten percent but all this stuff like pulse rate oxygen levels carbon monoxide levels um, taste and smell breathing energy levels bad breath Gums and teeth, teeth brightness, circulation, gum texture, immunity and lung infection, all these things, um, according to this app, I should be effectively as healthy as a non-smoker when it comes to sm not smoking. So that's cool. And yeah, I just want to let everybody know it's, it's still not easy. It's still tough. And it's fucked up. So if you're listening to this and you don't smoke, never have, just don't do it. And if you're one of those people that can conveniently have a cigarette every weekend or every once in every few days you have one or two when you're drinking that's fucking cool i envy that <laughs> i really do because i wanted to be like that too and i'm a weird one uh everybody tripped out that i could still drink and not crave cigarettes so much i i actually have found every time that i stopped smoking that drinking alcohol actually made my cravings for cigarettes go away i i was never a oh i need a cigarette because i'm drinking kind of guy i was a a big time, I just want to smoke all the fucking time kind of guy. So, yeah. Anyways, just wanted to take a moment, um, give myself a little credit, but also shout out to anybody who um, is going through it or thinking about it. It is tough. Uh, reach out if you have any questions. It's it's a, it's a hell of a process. 
Um, which kind of correlates with something else I wanted to update because I started working out again and I've gone through a few of these journeys as well. It's, um, it's crazy. The amount of things as we're addressing mental health in this world, um, trying to figure out how to help, you know, uh, counseling and therapy and, and different aspects is coming up a lot more and people are, um, you know, in the social media world or the metaverse and all these different things, they're losing out on some of our basic components of, um, how to uh, communicate and socialize and uh, feel supported, all these different things. So I, I always like to remind ourselves that we have the basic elements of, you know, proper sleep, um, proper digestion of information um, when it comes to reading as opposed to just watching TV, um, working out, exercising, breaking a sweat somehow, some kind of activity is uh, one of the things that I have always linked to incredible release of frustration and stress and just therapeutic. And then you do that while listening to music or a podcast, even it's like double time therapy. And for me, it's actually been very helpful because on the nights I work out after work, I don't, I don't even want to drink alcohol afterwards. I don't want to ruin um, what I just accomplished, but I also don't even feel like it'll taste good or feel good at that point. Like I feel like all I need is a cold shower and to just relax, re relax, relax. Sorry about that. And um, and if I get hungry or something like that, it I want to eat something a little healthier. I don't want to put any junk in my body afterwards. It's infectious. The positivity can be just as infectious as the negative. It's what we attach ourselves to, and it's all about getting started. So I just wanted to share that, too, because me and uh, someone were talking about the other day. We were both going to be getting off work pretty late. Just talking about what we're going to do. And they, they have no issue just crashing out when they get home. But they like to smoke a lot of weed. I like to drink a lot of alcohol. And I struggle sleeping at night anyways. And I like to watch a lot of shows and TV and things like that. So I was like, man, I, you know, I'm really thinking about a beer. But I should probably work out. And I decided to do the good thing. And I worked out. And it just helped so much. Because we're talking about it's weird. We know what we need to do to feel good. We've done it before. We've experienced it. But why is it such a, a thing that we avoid so often? The, the human nature of it is so weird. It makes no sense what we do. We let ourselves down. But I didn't let myself down that night, and I felt good about it. So I wanted to share. And, uh, yeah, other than that, let's dive into some of this shit. Um, I'll start with movies. Uh, I, I watched quite a bit of movies this week. I've uh, spent some time over at my grandparents' house, and they have cable, which is um, like an uncharted territory for me these days, seeing like just actual what's on TV at the time or what's on the, the HBO or Showtime or Cinemax or all these different things. Um, and just kind of basing it off of what I'm seeing is available on those in the time instead of, um, searching or plotting it, how I have become accustomed to a streaming site. So I ended up uh, rewatching, uh, last Vegas, uh, came out in 2013. It's starring Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, Kevin Klein, and Michael Douglas. This is one of my favorite movies, so I wanted to talk about it. Because if you haven't seen it, it's very cool. If you're familiar with these actors, you'll definitely love it. But if you're, uh, if you're, uh, I don't know, interested at all about getting older or uh, life's journey and reflecting upon things, friendship. It's a, uh, it's such a good story. It's such a good fun flick where it's just about four guys who grew up together. Um, some of them have parted ways a little bit, but when it comes down to it, they're all still best friends, but they're, you know, they got some shit they need to resolve and they're, they're supporting each other, but they're vocal about it. It's, it's such a cool movie and there's so much great advice throughout some of it. It's, it's a real feel good flick. 
And it's one of my favorites to look back on because the cover of the uh, movie, they had a big giant cutout of it, life-size cutout of it in the movie theaters when it came out. And me and my wife were to the movie theater, and I went and stood by this night or take a picture of me next to it to where it looks like I'm standing there hanging out with those guys. It's one of my favorite pictures I've ever had of myself. But, but yeah, so Las Vegas, that was a good one. Uh, this was fun. My, I'll talk about this one real quick. So I, I ended up finding... Uh, this movie called Live is Life on Netflix came out in 2021 and it had English voiceovers. So I think it was originally filmed and acted in Spanish. And so if anybody's seen uh, the Netflix uh, phenom of. Uh, oh, fuck that show. Everybody is watching. I can't remember the name of it anymore. God damn, man, I don't remember. Let me look it up real quick because that's going to mess it up. Netflix is like biggest show ever. Um, bug show. I actually type bug show. Um, okay, it should pop up quick. Squid Game. That's what it was. Fuck. Sorry because I'm looking forward to the second season. Um, if anybody's watched Squid Game, it's essentially like that where you're going to, you could tell uh, the voices um, are not the characters that are filming it and it's not translated exactly. Um, this was a cool movie. I started watching it my grandfather with my grandfather and about halfway through, he's like, are you watching this? And I'm like, yeah, you're not liking it. He's like, not really. And I was like, okay. So we, we checked something out, but I ended up finishing it later and it's got a cool vibe. If you remember like stand by me or like the Goonies, it's not quite as adventurous, but it's that vibe of, young friends on a on a journey together it's a it's a cool coming of age kind of flick so they're they are searching for a uh, i don't know if it's a flower i think it's a flower they're searching for let's say it's a flower and they're going to find it because at a certain day at a certain time if they find it and they consume it it's supposed to grant you a wish and they they have something they want to wish for you know one of them their father's very sick um, one of their friends in their circle is dealing with cancer. So they have things that they want to do. So they, they go on this mission to find this flower and consume it to make their wish. And it's a good feel-good movie. Uh, but while my grandfather was not enjoying it, he was uh, he wanted to watch Any Given Sunday. And I hadn't seen that in a long time. So if you haven't seen Any Given Sunday, it came out in 1999. And it's got a packed cast. It's a football flick, but it's a darker football story. Probably the darkest football story i've ever seen honestly um just because it's it's grimy it's raw it's it's a, uh, it's not your average feel-good football tale it's but it's like i said the cast is packed you got al pacino jamie fox lo cool j dennis quaid cameron diaz james woods it is just packed with and there's even more i mean lawrence taylor's in that jim brown's in that it is such a it's a it's a great flick it's a. Uh, it's about a young quarterback who is uh, getting his opportunity to shine on his team because the main quarterback got injured. And it's dealing with the politics of it all and, uh, you know, all the, the vaccine stuff and the fame getting to the head. And, you know, it's um, it's got a really cool speech in the end, too. Al Pacino had that clip playing of his speech in the end. I've seen it so many times because it was so overly used, but it's because it's so dope. Um, let's see. I ended up watching uh, Ant-Man again with my grandmother, and this was kind of fun. It came out in 2015, if you're not familiar, one of the Marvel Universe flicks uh, starring Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas, Michael Pena. 
Um, Michael, Michael Pena is one of my favorite actors right now. He's, he's been one of my favorites since Crash came out, honestly. But um, anybody not familiar with this movie, definitely worth a watch. If you're into the Marvel Universe, you're slipping, of course. you got to check that out. But I, what I really enjoyed about this is my grandmother had not seen it before. And so she's just really caught off guard by everything, so confused. But by the end, she was enjoying it so much that the the second one was about to air on TV, and she was I was leaving, and she had said, oh, "I got to watch the second one and see how this plays out." So it was great. Uh, another movie I checked out that I've not seen in so long re- this last week was The Heartbreak Kid, that came out in two thousand seven, starring Ben Stiller, Jerry Stiller, Ben's father, uh, Michelle Monaghan, and. Uh, Mylan Ackerman, I think is how you say it. Uh, Carlos Mencia and Danny McBride are also in it. So the Heartbreak Kid, this movie's hilarious, and it's it's uh, I don't know, it's from an era, of course, of a specific kind of comedy that really worked well. Um, we we had the Jud Judd Apatow run. We had like the the Farley Brothers kind of styles, things like that. And comedy movies are definitely done a little differently these days. They they could be much, they could be raunchy. And I think, I don't know, I'm trying to see if they get raunchier now or if they were back then. There's an odd, odd way of they, they do it. But this movie's about a guy who is single after breaking off like a long, a very long engagement that he had. And he ends up meeting this girl on the street, uh, gets really, uh, you know, starts to like her quite a bit, falls in love with her pretty quickly. And after a couple of months, he ends up proposing to her, not because he's so in love with her at this point, but because she ends up maybe having to move to another country for a couple of years if she's not married. And so they end up getting married and they go off to their honeymoon and he starts actually getting to know her. He starts actually figuring out some things about her that he was not aware of before. And it's really freaking him out. And, uh, he ends up meeting another girl in Mexico on their honeymoon who he's really falling for. And it's, it's just uh, it's a trip. Ben Stiller's hilarious in the movie. Mylon Ackerman is hilarious in the movie and uh, definitely worth a watch. If you're into raunchy comedies, the heartbreak kid. Um, another one I checked out, which my guy P has been trying to get me to watch for quite some time is the sting. This came out in 1973 starring Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Um, this movie was pretty damn cool. It is pretty, I don't know how long it was. I didn't document the um, the time, the running time itself, and I can't remember what it said, but it felt long. It felt really long because it, it was. I want to just say it was. I want to safely say it was long. Um, but it was good. For, for a movie being filmed in the 1970s, I was very impressed with some of the camera work. I was very impressed with the storyline. I was very impressed with the fact that they had an ending that caught me off guard so much where I was like, holy shit, that was genius. And what I really like about this is I love Better Call Saul. I love Better Call Saul. I love Breaking Bad. Does the story of uh, Jimmy McGill and, uh, you know, Slippin' Jimmy or whatever they call him and his scams and the time and craftsmanship he put into his scams was, was so epic, the writing for it. And that's what this movie essentially was all about, the perfect scam, the hustles, and the groundwork you have to put into them to pull them off. And it, it is very cool. So I, I, would, I would recommend any movie lovers check out The Sting in 1973. A very recent flick took the kids to, me and my wife, um, DC League of Super Pets came out this year in 2022 starring Dwayne Johnson on the rock as the voices of the dogs. Um, this was a really cool movie. My wife fell asleep for like half of it, but it was, 
a really cool twist on superhero tales. So it's about Superman's dog and how he is, uh, you know, essentially side by side with Superman fighting. But when Superman gets captured and taken, he has to kind of save the day. And he kind of recruits some other pets, and they're they're trying to save the day. It's very fun. They threw in some adult humor for for us uh, parents and shit. But my kids loved it. My daughter's seven years old and ten years old. They they laughed quite a bit. They pointed out how much I was laughing during the movie. It was great. Uh, in theaters now. So if you want, check that out. Uh, Terminator Two: Judgment Day came out in 1991. Couldn't fucking believe that's how long ago that movie came out. I happened to stumble upon that on TV, and I had to put it on because I hadn't seen it in so long. Uh, my my mother's favorite movie is The Terminator, the original one. I loved the second one more than the first one, but if you haven't seen that shit, uh, you're you're definitely sleeping. That it's just a classic film, Terminator Two. I I can't remember the statistics. Arnold Schwarzenegger was paid a ridiculous amount of money. Her word he said in the movie because his lines are so short and he doesn't have much, but he's the main star of the film. But uh, very cool. Just the, the, I don't know if it's called animation or the, the special effects done back then. They were just uh, very impressive. And the Terminator series is just uh, won't stop. I think the most recent movie came out last year, the year before, and I loved it actually. Um, I thought it was very cool. They're still, they're still killing it. I think there's probably going to be more. We'll see. <laughs> this was the uh, last movie that I had to <laughs> had checked out randomly because I, once again, I was at my grandparents' house and I just saw this shit come across on one of the channels. I was like, no way. Dickie Roberts, former child star, came out in 2003 starring David Spade. Now, this movie's dumb but awesome. I love this movie. And I I don't know. It's one of my guilty pleasure flicks where it's just fun to watch. Um, Dickie Roberts is, uh, he is a... Well, he's a former child star, just like the title says. So David Spade plays Dickie Roberts, who was on a TV show as a kid, very famous, and now he's a grown-up. And we've all heard the story of you know childhood stars who grow up and they never had a childhood. And he's not getting any work anymore. And he's doesn't know what to do with himself. He just kind of hangs out with other childhood stars, you know, like um, Screech from Saved by the Bells in the movie, and I think Greg Brady, and um, uh, one of the kids from... Uh, uh, he's in the Goonies, uh, one of the Corys. I can't remember which one it is. And then uh, somebody else that I always forget his name. Sorry. <laughs> but um, it's it's him. He's gets a, he gets like an offer for a role in a movie that he knows will bring him back. And the producer of the movie essentially tells him, like, I don't think you have the ability or the range to do this part because you don't know what it's like to be a normal person because you didn't have a childhood and they say the foundation of adulthood is having a childhood and you didn't have that. And he's like, he's like, well, and he goes and hires a family to take him in to essentially give him a childhood and treat him like a real child. So he can relearn what that was like. And it's just about him discovering things that he never got to experience as a kid. And he ends up, you know, helping out the mom, uh, discover some things about herself and helping, uh, the kids in the house, find some confidence in their own lives and just a very cool flick. It's fun. So those are the movies I checked out this last week. And then I have one on my watch list right now um, that my wife picked out. So I just wanted to shout that out because we'll be checking it out is purple hearts on Netflix. Uh, I don't know much about it yet. My grandparents said they watched it and loved it. And then my wife had been to message me about it very quick, 
very soon after I heard about it. Uh, military man, uh, aspiring artist, female, it sounds like. Don't really know each other. They end up getting married um, because she needs the benefits that his military service can provide. I believe that's it. So they don't really know each other. And then some kind of tragedy occurs. That's all I really know so far. Uh, but it just came out. So it's streaming on Netflix now, Purple Hearts. Um, check it out if you want. And I'll be talking about it after I see it. And then some TV shows that I've been checking out. Um, I finally concluded Pen15 on Hulu. I don't know if you guys have heard of that or seen it. I got really into this during the first season, which I think was a couple years back. Um, it's about girls going to uh, middle school um, in the late 90s or early 2000s, something like that. Essentially around the same time I was at that age. So it was really cool to see it played out this way because it's um, a lot of things I remember, very nostalgic. And I just finally concluded season two. I forgot about it for a while and stumbled on it. And watch the remaining episodes. It's a it's a very fun flick. It is, it is a bit. Um, it's a bit. I don't know if graphics the right word, but there's a lot of sexual discussion. So it's not something you just want to send your kids off to watch for sure. But it's something to check out. I think for you know if you're in your 30s, it's uh it's definitely worth checking out because you remember what that was like, all the shit. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you're if your kids are gonna watch it. Watch that shit with them. Talk to them about it because there's there's things in there. You know the at that age, uh, sex was a, a big mind occupier, right? It took up a lot of space in our heads on both ends and the opposite sex. So just keep that in mind. Pen15's on Hulu. Um, me and my wife been watching uh, Alone on Netflix, which I remember her and my brother-in-law were talking about. I think he's the one who told us about it. Um, started on the History Channel. So this was the first season we've ever actually got to watch through, and I think we're on, like, episode seven or eight or something like that. Really cool. We, we used to watch Naked and Afraid. So Alone's about spending uh, time alone on in the in the wild and seeing how long you could survive. And we used to watch Naked and Afraid all the time. And this one is a little bit more fun just because um, they are clothed, which I thought made it less fun because I was like, part of the fun was they're naked, right? Everybody's like, eh, but um, and this in this one there there definitely seem to be more skill sets involved, and it has a little bit less of the corny dramatic shit that they would play. They would really fuck with your head watching Naked and Afraid by making it seem like some epic shit was about to go down right before commercial, and it'd come back and it was always bogus. Nothing ever happened, and it was very irritating. But you'd fall for it every time. With Alone, it doesn't do that to you. If they cut away from it, when you come back, it usually is something. Something actually did occur, so that's that's cool. I really enjoy that aspect of it. But it's uh, 10 different people put on a certain area, all separated from each other, and it's seeing who can last the longest for half a million dollars or some shit. And you learn some cool tricks, that's for sure. Um, American Horror Stories is back on uh, Hulu FX. I don't know if you guys have... Uh, watched that before I I followed it pretty pretty intently I, I steered away from it for a while I may have missed one one season maybe two but I watched I want to say I've seen them all and they're always hit and miss if you're into horror style genres or if you're into the American horror story um, series in general you're probably going to check it out the first episode I saw was about dolls and the second was about a door camera and they're they're interesting they both have their own own styles going about it. Um, 
I'll, I'll keep watching. I really will because I just like seeing the, the diversity they're putting into it. There are little twists on things. Interesting, but that's streaming now, so you catch a new episode every week. Uh, another show that I'm watching right now that I'm waiting for a new episode every week is The Shy on Showtime. If you're into dramas, this is a must-see. you got to check out The Shy. It's such a great, great show. Um, it's about a, a black community in uh, Chicago. And it's uh, about it follows so many different stories, so many different age groups. And um, it's it's just a, it's a great show. It's written beautifully, filmed beautifully. The acting is great. Uh, I think this is season four. I want to say it's season four uh, could be five, but it's going strong. Enjoying that very much. And then Better Call Saul. I can't talk about it enough. <laughs> Uh, this is the last few episodes. I think there's three episodes left till it concludes and it's over. And it's, I believe it's leading into when Breaking Bad is supposed to begin. And um, just uh, Vince Gilligan, just, uh, I believe his name is Vince, um, just incredible writer. He killed it with Breaking Bad, one of the greatest series ever written, ever. And then this Better Call Saul production that followed has been just as, has delivered just as well. And I'm so sad that it's coming to an end, but I'm so excited to see where it goes. Uh, that wraps up the shows I'm really following right now. I got some new ones I'm looking forward to before I get into the fights and the Daily Laws recap. Um, looking forward to the Reservation Dogs Season 2 on Hulu. Um, highly recommend that if you haven't seen it. A very good show. Um, Mike on Hulu. I think it's a Hulu original. Um, it's following. It's a biopic series about Mike Tyson. And I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it. I, I'm, I'm nervous because they got the Jamie Foxx biopic film that's supposed to be in the works, and we know that's going to deliver. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to do on this one. Uh, then This Fool. Oh, my God. My guy Mike told me about this one on Hulu. Uh, it might be Hulu FX, uh, but it's, it's uh, I, I joked it. I said it's the Latinos' response to Reservation Dogs on Hulu. That's what it is. And so we'll see how they do. But uh, absolutely looking forward to that shit. It looks hilarious. looks fun. And then House of the Dragon, for any Game, Game of Thrones fans, House of the Dragon comes out this month in August on HBO, HBO Max. I believe it's set in like 100 or 200 years um, prior to the Game of Thrones beginning. But it's all about following the House of the Dragon. And I am so excited. I'm going to nerd out about that shit. All right. So that, that wraps up what I've been watching. Uh, the fights. We got to talk about the fights. Uh, I had happened to see in the MMA world, I happened to see that Nate Diaz, um, he's on his last fight of his contract. We've known that for a while. He's been going through some shit, trying to find a fight. He says his thing. Dana White says another thing. We don't really know what's happening. Trying to figure it out. Well, I, I saw that Bare Knuckle Fighting Club was look, saying they're looking very interested in Diaz, and I'm really hoping that he does not bite on that fish line. Um, although I think he was built for that at one time, I'm terrified as a fan of him what will happen to him in that um, promotion just because I don't think he can take too much damage to his dome. But we will see, speaking of BKFC, Paige Van Sant and Mike Perry got a fight coming up this month in August as well. They'll be back in there. Um, and I believe Paige is doing uh, wrestling, the wrestling promotion opposite of WWE. You can't remember, I think it's AEW or something like that. I believe she signed a contract with them. I'm not sure, but I'm seeing more and more people going to the wrestling world. I just saw Logan Paul um, 
jump over to, he was on like SummerSlam. He did this beautiful frog splash off the top rope on the outside to the Miz on the table. And it was dope. I was like, man, these, these guys are kind of doing their thing right now. But he looks like he was built for the wrestling world. Uh, speaking of the Pauls, Jake Paul um, and the Hasim Rockman Jr. fight has been canceled. And I don't know, I kind of bit the bait right away when Jake Paul put his video out there. He put it out and he said uh, that uh, Rockman didn't make weight. He wasn't looking to make weight, so they they had to cancel the fight. And then Rockman uh, fired back and sent his own video, making his claims that they... What I've gathered here... Um, because I don't know the back scene of everything, you know, we hear what we hear. We, we don't know much. We feel like we know some things. But what I gather here still is if you're a professional fighter, don't sign on to something if you can't do it. Um, just don't. And what I'm gathering is Rockman, Rockman stating that Jake Paul knew he couldn't make this weight. Well, if he knew it, did you know it? And if you knew it, why would you sign the contract in the first place? That's what bothers me a lot here. I... Uh, I, I believe, and I'm not certain because I can't seem to find any answers, that the entire event is canceled now. And if that's true, that's a damn shame because Amanda Serrano was going to get some more spotlight here. I saw Jake Paul had offered Katie Taylor like $2 million to uh, take the rematch on this short notice, which I don't believe is going to happen. Katie Taylor's a professional. She's well-established. She won the last fight, and she wouldn't want to do something to risk losing this rematch. Um, but, you know, $2 million is a lot of money, so we'll see. Uh, Jake Paul, of course, is um, going off on the, the boxing uh, community, whoever's not uh, supporting him or understanding that this is bullshit. And, of course, Asim Rockman's fan base is going off on Jake Paul for being wannabes of the whole scene. It's just it's the madness that keeps us talking, and we'll see what happens next. Um, now Jake Paul is talking about how him and Canelo is the biggest match to make in boxing. And he's going to keep saying that. I don't even know if Canelo's addressed it, and I hope he hasn't, and I hope he continues to not. Um, address it at least for three years. Like if Jake Paul's still around by then, still knocking people out or winning fights, then maybe we'll talk about it. But at this point, <clears throat> it's it's it should not even be in the cards of options for uh, Canelo to even be in his mouth. It's just uh, ridiculous. So let's get over to UFC 277, um, which uh, the Ultimate Fighter Season 30 wrapped up a week or two ago, and we're uh, going to be seeing the winners of that declared uh, August 6th on the UFC Fight Night card. Very excited for that. Usman's little brother's on there. Um, and uh, I can't remember the female the female uh, finale contenders because I haven't checked for a week or two. Um, but they're going to both be on there. And then uh, Spokane's own Terrence T-Rex uh, McKinney is also fighting that card. Very excited to see him get back in there. Um, so UFC 277 was this past weekend. We had the anticipated rematch with Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez. Uh, let's see. I, I don't want to start there. I won't go through all the prelims. I did watch the whole card. Um, Anthony Smith um, returned to the ring to fight against. Uh, let me see if I can say this guy's name. I always do this. Um, on on Kalev, I believe that's it. Uh, I had picked on Kalev to win. Um, unfortunately, it looked like Anthony Smith suffered a kind of an injury. Uh, in the fight and ended up losing. And I think he like yelled over to his corner that he broke his leg. I'm not sure where it happened or how, but um, it was, it was a very unfortunate finish. Just kind of how I saw it going. I just feel like Anthony Smith is so tough. He's so great. He's, he's fought so much. I just feel like, unfortunately he's at the tail end of his career. 
Um, the next one was uh, Perez and Pantoa. Pantoa. Um, and, man, I don't know if I remember that fight very much. I was so hyped about the other ones. I don't even want to speak on it. I know I had picked Perez. Oh, and he Perez lost because that's what I said to my guys. So that's what I get for betting on the last name. Um, so I remember Perez losing that fight. And then, oh, yep, I do remember. He hopped on him and got him in the chokehold uh, pretty quickly. That was that fight, wasn't it? I believe. Drew Dober fought earlier, too. I wanted to talk about that. Um, oh, man, there was some good fights on the other card. I won't, I won't dive into too much. If you didn't catch that card, it's worth a rewatch. Um which I don't know if you want to do after I spoil the rest of these fights. But Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, fought uh, Pavlich. Pavlich. Pavlichek. Damn it. Fuck. Um, and this sucked because I picked Derek Lewis. I I know there was some scrutiny going on because he hasn't been performing too well in Texas lately. And uh, he's got a lot of support and love in Texas. Um, this one sucked. Early stoppage. I'm just saying it. There's no debate. There's no if and what. It just sucked because it was an early stoppage. But I understand. Uh, I wish Herb Dean was ref in that fight. Herb Dean has a tendency of letting people get hit a little, a few, a few times more than they probably should. And that was kind of what we needed in this one. We needed, uh, we needed somebody to step back and watch and see if they were actually out or if they were just hitting the ground because it looks like Derek Lewis is knocked out as he's going to the ground. It really does. His arms fold and he goes face first down to the ground but he popped up immediately so as he was going down the ref's already stopping it but as soon as Derek Lewis hit the canvas he pops back up and he's ready to fight it was so unfortunate and I keep hearing the term anticlimactical or something and that's how it felt so bummer on that end we missed out on a great war uh, and then Brandon Moreno versus uh, Kai Kara France speaking of wars very excited about this. I had picked Brandon Moreno to fight or win this because I'm a huge fan, and I think he's just a, a savage. Um, Kai Kara France, he held his own. He did a great job. Tough little son of a bitch, I'll tell you that. But Moreno caught him with a leg kick that just punctured him and dropped him. And speaking of letting people get punched a lot, Herb Dean let him get punched in the face like 10 times while he was on the ground before he stopped it. So Moreno reclaims his championship, and Figueredo was in the crowd holding his belt. Moreno just won the interim championship. Uh, I thought it was going to go WWE for a moment. Luckily, it did not because I don't like that drama invading the space of MMA or boxing. But uh, they did discuss that they're going to go um, to the fourth fight with each other. Hopefully, they make it happen. Moreno's hilarious because he's just like the sweetest, um, most respectful guy ever, even in those moments of drama. <laughs> Figueroa, you could tell, was going in there with the understanding that this could go either way. I'm ready for the drama. But when Moreno wasn't biting on it, he was just... Very respectful in response to. So it was a cool moment. And then, of course, Pena versus Nunez. So uh, this this was a war. And a lot of uh, discussion going on about this. Um, my guy my guy on one is being a straight hater about Pena, saying that her first one was a fluke. She can get her ass whooped, all this shit. And then after the fight, he texts me, see, told you it was a fluke. I don't agree. I do not agree that Pena's victory was a fluke. I do agree that she got dominated. I believe I believe Nunez truly lost that first fight because she, I believe Pena had a game plan and she executed it perfectly. I will never think it's a fluke because she, she won that first fight exactly how I thought she was going to win that fight. She, um, she wore her down. She didn't just dive right in and just try to squab with her right away and try to see whose fist would win. No, she broke her down, got her exhausted, and got Nunez so exhausted that she tapped. And 
I, be, I believe that she deserved that victory. She deserved that title. And in this rematch, I think she deserves more credit than maybe some people are giving. If you're not a Pena fan, um, okay, cool. But you can't, you can't seriously tell me you don't respect her warrior spirit after that fight. Pena, Pena is a savage. She is a beast. No quit in that woman at all. And she held her own toe-to-toe. And Nunez wants to claim she was playing with her food. No, we've seen Nunez play with her food. We've seen that game. Nunez claims that she could have finished this fight if she wanted to. Then you should have done it. I don't want to hear shit about what you could have or should have. You should have finished her if you think you could have finished her. Because you didn't. And I believe you were trying to. I do. I uh, I think she was smart in her game plan. I think she executed it perfectly. Pena kept falling for the trap. And unfortunately, it didn't go her way. And yeah, she gave her a beat down and she let her, you know, she didn't want to get down on the ground for a while. So she let her get back up because she knew she kept knocking her down. And then towards the end, once she had to be on the ground, she realized she had some ground and pound game and she took advantage of that. She did a beautiful job in winning that fight. Take nothing away from Nunez at all. But all I ask as a fight fan, don't take nothing away from Pena either. It was a beautiful fight from those two. And I'm sure we'll see them fight again. Uh, I believe Nunez had even said that she she needed that. She needed that fight. She needed somebody to bring that uh, lioness spirit back out of her, and that's exactly what Pena did. So shout out to her. She reps Spokane. Uh, very proud of her. And then we had Showtime Boxing. I was so excited for this. We had uh, Gary Antoine Russell uh, fighting uh, Rancy's uh, Bartellamy. And this was a bummer. This was such a bummer. Um, First of all, I want to tell you something. I had seen Gary Russell Jr. and Gary Antoine Russell's corner. I was like, oh, yeah, these are those brothers. I was like, I get so confused. They're both named Gary. So I did some research, found out Gary Russell Sr. had five sons, and he named them all Gary. <laughs> I thought that was crazy. I had never heard of that before. Um, so I was, uh, I'm was i watching this fight, and I'm loving it because I, I, I recorded this, and I watched it after the UFC fight. And we always talk about uh, boxing skills in the UFC or MMA in general. And I'm messaging my guys. I'm like, you know, it's crazy when we see actual boxing skills in the sport of boxing rather than in the cage or the octagon because boxers are just a whole different level of skilled with their hands. They just are. And they're expected to be. But I forget it sometimes because we talk about great boxing skills in the UFC. And, you know, like when Usman wants to talk about how he's what he's what uh, he's got what it takes to not Canelo. I'm just like, you're out of your fucking mind, bro. You're out of your mind. Just understand. It's a different game. And yes, not to take anything away from MMA, boxers shouldn't be getting in the octagon unless they fully understand that it's a different game. It's a different aspect of fighting. It's a different art form. Um, what sucked about this fight is Gary Antoine Russell caught Bartholomew pretty good. He had like a leaping right hook and clocked him, um, dropped Bartholomew on the ground, and he... Gets back up. He beats the count, and he's not stumbling at this point. He's standing square face-to-face with the ref, and the ref looks at him and calls the fight. And you could see immediate reaction from Bartholomew of being very upset about this, yelling no, because he's like, he looks fine. And everybody's going crazy in the crowd, just like, what the fuck was that? It was so weird. And the corners were getting pissed. It turned into some drama in there, of course. But it was all respect through the fighters, um, thankfully. I hate when shit gets out of control. As exciting and fun as it could seem in a moment, you always want to see it be respectful. And um, so I think I think Bartholomew said they want to run it back. I don't know if Gary Antoine Russell will do it. We'll see. He just went to 16-0 with 16 KOs. That's a hell of a 
hell of a record right there. And Bartholomew is uh, 29 and 2 and 1 now with 15 KO. So um, definitely something for him to be proud of because he did clock him. And, you know, he said that regardless of the. The ending, he believes the ending would have been the same even if it been later that round or down the road. And, you know, we'll, we'll never really know. That's the shame about these moments. But uh, we had a heavyweight bout with uh, babyface Adam Konowski versus uh, Ali friend Demirizin. Demirizin? I think it's Demirizin. Um, and this was this was unfortunate. I was a huge fan of this babyface guy from Brooklyn, the Polish uh the Polish guy from Brooklyn. <laughs> he was he's one of those guys you see, you're just like, no way he's a fighter. And you're like, no way he's good. And he, he was killing it. He was, I think, 20 and 0. Uh just he was doing a great every time I watched him, I was like, oh my God, I love watching this guy. And he had lost his last two fights. So this is kind of his comeback fight of like, um, you know, changing my career. You know, if he loses another one, like where's he really going? And they both did a wonderful job. Uh, but Demir is in uh, got the better of him. He got the decision. And that's three straight loss for Konoski. So we'll see what happens with them. And uh, we'll see what's next for uh, Demir's. And, and then the main event was Danny Garcia versus Jose Benavidez Jr. Now, uh, Jose Benavidez is the brother to um, David Benavidez. And David Benavidez is a monster. And I have never looked at Jose as the one who could be quite as good as his brother. I didn't catch his all of it, as much of his fights as I watched David's. Um, he's only got one loss on his record. I just don't like the way he fights. I don't think he's as good as he believes he is um, in comparison, maybe. And Danny Garcia, I'm a huge fan of. Um, I, uh, I believe he's just a beautiful boxer. He is just his boxing is phenomenal. His footwork is great. His speed, his accuracy, his he's just his build is the only thing that's a little unfortunate for him because he he struggles on uh, fighters with length that know what they're doing. So when it comes to that, you know the, the Keith Thurmans or the Earl Spence Juniors, they they got the length on him and he can't really get in there and uh, hurt him. You know because one thing I don't see much of Danny Garcia is his power that matches, and he's taking it up a weight class. So he moved up to 154, and you know he got this uh, win over Jose Benavides Jr., which was somebody somebody gave that a, a draw. One of the three judges, and they're out of their fucking mind. Jose Benavides Jr. is lucky to have won one of those rounds. Lucky if he won one, and uh, it was it was disturbing because. Benavidez would miss like five or six punches in a row and then he would like thrust his hips at Danny Garcia in some kind of like mocking satisfactory way and he kept sticking his tongue out of him like it it looked like he really thought he was kicking his ass and it's like Danny Garcia is whooping the shit out of him so he wasn't really hurting him though I'll give him that when they talked afterwards luckily it was all respect and love at the end um Danny Garcia started playing some of the the games as well by sticking his tongue out and dancing a little bit I'm trying to get the crowd because the crowd was in his favor anyways. Uh, Benavides said he he thought he won the fight, which is okay. You could think he did. Um, that, there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, I don't believe he won more than even one round, if that. So we'll see what's next for Danny Garcia. I uh, I believe he called somebody out. Um, I can't remember who it was, but we'll we'll see what he does. Um, they had a, they had some fighters in the crowd that they spoke to. And some people are definitely interested in fighting him next. And then I will leave you guys off with uh, the the Daily Laws Week 30 recap, what the laws were. I won't dive too much into any of the, the specifics on them. I'm just going to break them down to let you guys know that I am still reading. I hope you guys are uh, checking it out. But uh, this is July 23rd through July 30th. So uh, the first law is pay attention to detail. 
And then the next law is make them fetishize you. July 25th is play with ambiguity. July 26th is know when to withdraw. July 27th is know when to be bold. July 28th is communicate to people's senses. July 29th is the pursuer is pursued. And July 30th is the thrill of illusion. And uh, it's been good. These ones, um, I didn't get as attached to these ones as I usually do. I uh, uh, The new August focus is coming up. And uh, we'll see them change a little bit. Every every month seems to have a focus. So uh, Daily Laws by Robert Greene. Epic book, important book, educational, knowledgeable. Check it out. It's a great, great tool and tactic to use in your everyday life, professional or personal. Um, Robert Greene, hit me up. I'm doing a lot of promotion for you, buddy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so that wraps up True Reviews, episode 192. Thank you for bearing with me. Um, give me some feedback. I don't know. Do you, do you prefer it this way? Do you prefer the short short recaps of the movies? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out still. What what do the listeners like? What do they want more? What is more helpful? Um, and if you've listened this far, I'm hoping that you've checked out the other episodes. But if you haven't and you are happening to listen, check out episode 191. Had a great uh, two-hour discussion with Nobi. Um, just an incredible creative artist, incredible mind. I, I really enjoyed speaking with him. Um, hopefully we'll do some more interviews with some more folks soon. Stay tuned. I'll be back.